This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. I just want to tell her thank you. Just moves me when I see those things. They're real, but I will tell you this. God still sets people free, okay? He said life doesn't end. You know, and so we're going to carry on here today. Week five, I believe, in the blessing. If you got a Bible, go with me to Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59, and again, I'm going to give you uh, large doses of the Word of God today. Some of you may say, well, what's new? But I really believe this is kind of different than I've, I believe I've ever taught before, and so we'll get there in a minute. Isaiah 59. Again, as you're turning there, when we think about what Adam and Eve did, their one event of disobedience, it, it opened the door to significant stuff in their life. Actually, it opened the door up to the devil unlike any other time. And so not only did their act of disobedience open the door to, to the devil, it disconnected them from their source of life which is Father God. That's what sin does. It separates us from Father God. Actually, when you get to Isaiah 59, if you'll look at the subtitle in your Bible above that, it'll, it'll say separated from God. And so one of the, the Spanish words for sin is without. And it literally means we are without our connection to our source. And so when I disconnect to God, I connect to an ineffective source called myself. And when I look to me, I come to a place called self-reliance. Have you ever tried to live by self-reliance? In other words, when I live by self-reliance, I think I can fix myself. And so when I think I can fix myself, it leads to a, a bondage, deep dissatisfaction, or this frustrating cycle in my life. How many of you have ever seen a frustrating cycle in your life? I've seen it in my own life. A lot of times these are talking about generational stuff. So we're going to dig in here this morning. Uh, start with me in Isaiah 59 verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened or weak that it cannot save. We, we serve a God who still saves, okay? Nor is his ear too heavy or too dull that it cannot hear. But your iniquities, but your iniquities. Now, remember the definition of the iniquity is to bend in a certain evil or negative direction. That it is, it is sin that has been passed down generational after generational. And so he says, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your iniquities have cut you off from God so that he will not hear. And so right there through the prophet Isaiah, he gives us incredible insight real quick that God still wants to save and God still desires to hear your prayers. But these things called iniquities have the ability to cut us off from God. Now, turn with me back to your left to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy 28, this was one of our main spiritual, I'm mean not spiritual, but scriptural texts a couple weeks ago. And if you ever study Deuteronomy 28, 
The very first is the blessing. And we're going to really get into that down in a few weeks. God is still into blessing, okay? And then the second half, or the majority of that chapter, is on the curse. So I want you to read with me Deuteronomy 28, verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Woohoo, that's good news, Pastor. God said that his blessings will come upon you and overtake you because, now look at the because factor right here, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Do you know to obey the word of God is a choice? Because you have obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. So he's telling me right here that the blessing is attached to how I respond to the word of God. Now, when you see here about obeying the scriptures, I, I'm not talking about legalism here, guys. Keeping God's commandment is not legalism. For me to take the word of God and shove it down your throat, that's legalism. But for me just to obey the word of God, that's not legalism. That's God's desire, and, and the, the longer I've gone on in life, the more I've found out. The quicker I obey God, the better off I am. Now, look at verse 15, same chapter. We're going to be in Deuteronomy 28 most of the morning. Verse 15, but it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. So we see right here, there, there's just two options. I, I either obey the word of God or I don't obey the word of God. But there's always going to be consequences to my choices. You don't have to obey the word of God. But there's going to be some things that are going to come upon you that you may not like. Now, when we look at these right here, and I'm going to be in the curses today, and I'm just going to warn you right now, I, I'm not doing this to smear anybody. This is not to beat anybody up. This is to locate. And as we go through some of these today, you're going to have an aha moment where you realize and you say, this is me. I, I've been bent in that direction. Now, you can breathe a little bit here, okay? We all have generational stuff that comes down. There's, there's not one family bloodline that's perfect, okay? Even Jesus' blood. Jesus was perfect, but his bloodline wasn't. I'm going to start in verse tw uh, 66, and then I'll, I'll jump back to the first part. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, verse 66. Your life shall hang in doubt... Constant jeopardy or constant suspense before you. You shall fear day and night. Now, when he's talking about this, your, your life will hang in the balance. You will begin to have a, a pessimistic view of your life and your future. It's almost like he's telling us here, you'll live, but you'll live without any vision. And when I have no vision, I begin to, to move or gravitate toward a negative mindset. 
I, I always think uh, of the negative here. It's thrown me off course is what he's talking about. And so instead of thinking good, I think bad. I think evil. I think that the, the outlook is always bad and it keeps me in a place of, of isolation. And so because of this right here, nothing exceptional is ever attempted. Now he ends this verse and he says this, and you will have no assurance of life. You won't be sure of your livelihood. So better stated, I, I gravitate toward this negativity. Now again, I'm not throwing stones at anybody, but think about this. I've been around people who will say stuff like this. If anything bad's going to happen, I know it's going to happen to me. God will bless you, but he would never bless me. And my thought is, well, no, wait a minute. I, I serve an equal opportunity God. That according to Acts 10, 34, God, uh, through the apostle Peter, God spoke and said, I, I perceive God's no respecter of persons. And so people who say they can and people who say they can't, they're both right. But if I gravitate toward a life of negativity, understand this. You may be under a generational curse. You can probably go back and you can look and you can say, man, Aunt Ava, she was really negative. And Uncle Buck, he was really negative. And I'm negative. Now, I'm just hold on here, okay? I'm going to get to the end of this today and you're going to see the blessing, what will begin to take place, okay? I'm just bringing this out to identify some things. Same chapter. Go with me back to verse 19. Now, we're going to go back into some order a little bit. And I'm going to skip through here, and I'll keep giving you the, the verse references. But it's literally going to be pretty much line upon line, okay? Verse 19. Cursed, and, and that word cursed there means a calling down of destruction. So he says, a calling down of destruction shall be when you come in, and a calling down of destruction will be when you go out. So it's almost like he's saying destruction or bad things seem to chase me down. Nothing ever seems like it's going to work. Everything seems like it's just going to fall apart. And so my, my future is sabotaged. There is an, an invisible conspiracy against you. And the issue isn't effort. The issue is you're under a generational curse. Same chapter. Verse 23, and your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze. The message says the sky over your head will be an iron roof. And the earth which is under your feet or which is under you shall be iron. The message says the ground under your feet will be like a slab of concrete. Okay, there's two ways you can look at this. In the natural, it's talking about when there is no rain that comes from the sky, the ground gets very, very hard, and without rain, there's drought and there's famine. 
We need to pray for rain. Lubbock, Texas, Father God, we need rain. We welcome rain, Father God. But when I look at the spiritual implication here, it's literally viewed this, that without the rain of the Spirit of God, without the rain of mercy and grace, my heart grows hard. And with a hard heart, there's going to be spiritual famine and there's going to be spiritual drought. So what you see here is almost like spiritually my prayers go un, unnoticed or unanswered. It's like there's a lid over me. Every time I pray, it just seems like that may identify you. You may say, Pastor, that's me to a T. Verse 29. And you shall grope at noonday. Now the word grope here means to search out uncertainly for a solution or a problem. So there's no sense of destiny. You, you live with an aimlessness or you live with no target. There is no target. I have no vision for life. And he goes on to say this, as a blind man gropes in darkness, so he's talking about it's very similar to having a film over my life that I never developed vision, and so I go through a lifetime of darkness. Now watch what he says about this in verse 29. You shall not prosper in your ways. The New International Version says, you will be unsuccessful in everything you do. You shall be only oppressed. The word oppressed means weighted down. I'm only oppressed. I'm, opp I'm weighted down. Life is suffocating me. And plundered robbed and ripped off continually and no one shall save you or rescue you. So guess what he's telling me here? I live far below what God has intended for me. None of this means you're a bad person, okay? This just may mean that you are under a generational curse. And if you go back and look, it may have come down from your bloodline. Hang in here with me. Verse 30. You shall betroth a wife. The word betroth means pledge, to be engaged, to be promised in marriage. But another man shall lie with her. So in this marriage covenant, there becomes a thing called sexual immorality. Can mean adultery. Can mean fornication. Can mean emotional affairs. And so because of sexual sin, there is repeated divorce in your family bloodline. I highlight this one, guys. All of these are very active in our society, but this one really is. 
And, and I can tell you when I begin to look at these, I, I would begin to weep at times because I know our Heavenly Father, He's the God of blessing. He's the God who wants to help us. Keep reading again. Same chapter, verse 30. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. So not only is there divorce in the family bloodline, there becomes drama in the family bloodline. And because of drama and divorce, the very home that you thought you would live in would ultimately be repossessed. Wow. You shall plant a vineyard, but you shall not gather its grapes. You won't enjoy it. So the result is, is shattered lives, broken people, heartbroken. That as the occurrences is almost like it's become common or you begin to expect this, a life of disappointment. Who, pastor. Not pleasant any of it, is it? Hang in here with me, okay? Because we're going to see the shift here pretty quick. Verse 31. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. You won't eat one steak from it. Your donkey shall be violently, violently taken away from before you and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have no one to rescue. So when you look at everything he's talking about, in the Hebrew times when they talked about these things, the ox, the donkey, and the sheep were all symbols of their occupation, their livelihood, or their job. And so he says, these are going to be ripped off right before your eyes. You will lose business right before your eyes. When he says the donkey will be violently taken from you, this means that you will be held up either by gunpoint or knife point. And so the very occupation that you were living, it vanishes right before you. And you may have seen this in a bloodline. Verse 32. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people. And your eyes shall look. One translation says your eyes will wear out and fail with longing for them all day long. And there shall be no strength in your hand. It's like I pray and I pray and I pray, but the reason nothing takes place with the change is because you're powerless because you are on under a generational curse in this area, and so you thus live heartbroken. Whew. Verse 34. So you shall be driven mad. You shall be driven crazy because of the sight which your eyes see, the tragedy that your eyes see. And so I begin to dig into this one. Because all the violence within our society, 
because of all the, the killing, the murdering of innocent lives. And so it literally says this, and you may have said this out of your mouth before. If I see one more death, if I see one more war, if I see one more murder, if I see one more and you fill in the blank, I feel like I'm about to lose my mind. And so what begins to take place here is a mental and emotional evaporation of your mind. Wow. You're under a curse. Verse 41. You shall beget or have sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours for long. Now listen real close to this one, okay? For they shall go into captivity. This one may cover quite a few of us in here. Your children become captives. So I really dug on this one. Your children become slaves to drugs, to alcohol, to sexual sin, to depression, to crime. One translation even moves into a gang activity. So better stated here, the children you raised are not the ones they've become. Ow. Don't quit. Don't give up here, okay? We're going to get into something in a little bit, I promise. Verse 43. The alien, the foreigner, some say the ungodly who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you. And you shall come down lower and lower. Every time there's a promotion, that ungodly person gets promoted over you. Don't raise your hands here. Just think about this. How many times you, you applied for a different position? You thought for sure you were going to be the ones promoted, but yet it begins to go over and over and over and I'm never promoted and I have this, I don't know why. I, I'm qualified. Could it be because you're under a generational curse? Verse 44. He, the foreigner, shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. Now, when I read this, Proverbs 22, 7 says, that the borrower is a slave to the lender. And this is what this is talking about. And he ends this and says this, he shall be the head and you shall be the tail. God never intended for me and you to be the tail. He intended us to be the head. And so this happens over and over. Now, he gives us reason and cause for a lot of this. Verse 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you 
and pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed. That's the, that's the vision statement of the devil. John 10, 10. The vision statement of the devil is to kill, steal, and destroy. And he's saying here, these are going to chase you down because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments, his statutes which he commanded you. And they, these curses, shall come upon you for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants or your offspring forever. So now we see him funneling right through our bloodline, and this is what he's talking about. Verse 46, or 47, because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy, gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. So he deals with two becauses. Number one, you just say, I'm not going to obey God. You don't have to obey God, but there's going to be consequences for it. And then the second thing, he said, you don't serve God with gladness and joy. Oh, crud, it's Sunday morning. We got to go to church. Oh, God, we got we to gotta praise and worship God again today. I don't know about you. I didn't serve God for the first 20 years of my life. I love to come to church. It's, it's a happy day. Happy, happy day for me. I, I, around my house, Sunday morning's called game day. Woo, we, we like game days. It is incredible. It, it's a joy for me to serve God. Amen. It ought to be a joy. You know what they say? A lot of people, family members, they won't come to Jesus because you serve Jesus. They look and say, well, if that's what it is to serve Jesus. I don't want to be like you. If you smiled, your face would crack. It's no joy. So when I talk about all these curses here, there's, there's a legal right for a curse to operate in your life. The legal right is there has been sin, there's been transgressions, and there's been iniquities that have never been repented of or turn from. So we've got to get to a place where we revoke those, we cancel those, and we rescind those. How do we do that? Turn with me back in the New Testament to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Ooh, get ready. You're, you're getting ready to get not a little bit blessed, but incredibly blessed. And I, I welcome you to amen. I welcome you to applaud God because this, this stuff right here will set you free. Galatians 3, verse 13. Christ has redeemed us. The word redeemed means he has repurchased us. He has regained us. It means to restore. It also means that he's paid off the ransom that was against us. Okay? Better stated, through his death on the cross, Christ did for me and you what we couldn't do for ourselves. So it says here, Christ has. He's already done it. Christ Jesus has redeemed us from the curse 
of the law. Well, there's two of you that are excited. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. So if I was to go back and take Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 through 69, every one of those curses, it said, he's redeemed us from the curse of the law. If you were to study the curse of the law, it really talks about poverty, sickness, and death. So it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. And how did he become a curse for us? For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So when Jesus went to that cross and was crucified, it was as if he said, I'll take every one of their sin. You, you put every one of their sins, every curse upon man's life, and you put it on me. Wow. Let me dive in here just a little deeper with you. Every one of those curses that I read, you may say, yeah, that, that bore witness. That identifies with my family bloodline. That's us to a T. But if you read this part here, you realize I don't have to live under that curse. My children don't have to live under the curse. And so he goes on to say, not only did he set us free from the curse, but for what? Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. That the blessings of Abraham, you can study Genesis 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, that he says that God wants to bless you, he wants to multiply you, he wants to make your name great. He wants to bless you to be a blessing. That the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles who are in Christ Jesus. Well, how do you get in Christ Jesus? You get born again. You ask Jesus to come into your heart. Let me ask you something. How do you get born again? You believe with your heart and you express with your mouth. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. And so he goes on to say, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So when Jesus did what he did in John 19, he sat on the cross and he said, it's finished. It's finished. Paid in full. A done deal. So who gets born again? The one starts hearing the good message of Jesus and they ask Jesus to come into their life, come into their heart, I mean. And think about this, guys. Jesus says, just come on, just as you are. You're not a surprise to Jesus. The curses in your family bloodline, they're not a surprise to Jesus. And so I come to Jesus, but then I gotta go to another step. I've gotta execute what Jesus redeemed me from. How do I do that? I repent of my sins. How do I repent of my sins? I confess with my mouth something that comes from my heart. So again, it's expressed from my mouth. And then when I talk about the blood of Jesus, I don't say, hey, I got a quart of the blood of Jesus. Good catch, John. How do I apply the blood of Jesus? 
The same way I get born again, I said, Lord Jesus, I receive your blood. I ask you to wash me. I ask you to cleanse me. Cleanse me in your blood. So this is what it looks like. We go to the car wash, and every one of us need to go to the car wash. You know why? We all need to be sanctified. So you get into the car wash. You know what I love about today's car washes? Just let go of the steering wheel. You don't even have to drive. And that's what Jesus is saying to Listen, I don't expect you to drive. I'm driving. I did it all. And so we start going. And man, next thing you know, there's water and, and, and soap gets sprayed all over you. And you get a little farther and there's some wires and they begin to, to, to uh, scrub you again a little more. And then you get a little farther. And if you like me, they say, give him an extra load of detergent. He's got some deep sin. He's got some deep stains. And then they come out and they blow you off and you look incredible. You know why? I've been sanctified by the blood of the lamb. I've been washed by the blood of the lamb. You clap to Jesus. Clap to Jesus. Now I told you it looks bad to start with. But how Jesus does stuff because God never sets us up to fail. And the cross was the greatest legal transaction in history. And so you know what the Lord Jesus says? I want your life to identify in me. Too many times our lives identified in who we used to be. I'm born again. That, that old man, that dumb, he's dead. He's dead. Somebody else could stand on your feet today. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.